The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Something we've been talking about quite a bit on the show uh, in recent weeks, I want to return to now, and it is shortcomings when it comes to services provided by the state, or rather that should be provided by the state, sometimes aren't. For children with additional needs, we focus specifically on uh, children with mental health problems trying to access the child and adolescent mental health services. So in that context, you might have seen the story today at the Irish Times obtaining a letter under Freedom of Information uh, from the Children's Ombudsman, uh, Niall Muldoon, in which he accused the state of a profound violation of children's rights on mental health and disability care. That letter sent uh, to the new chief executive of the HSE, Bernard Gloucester. And Niall Muldoon is with me now. Niall, you're welcome to the show. Um, in, in what way do you think the state is guilty of a profound violation of children's rights? Thanks, Kieran. Um, I suppose it's, it's been very clear to me. I'm in job over eight years and it's very clear that there's been a lot of alarm bells rung in that period of time, both in relation to mental health in its widest sense, not just CAMS, but primary care and uh, other supports, and disability. The, if we had started planning and working and moving to change those systems eight years ago, we would be in a much better position now. But HSE have consistently ignored it. We had to take Car of Tusla out of the HSE in order to get sort of focus on child protection area. Um, but within the HSE itself, the, the areas of assessment of need for children with disability is going backwards, mental health services are going backwards and now they're in a situation where they're, they're blaming the fact that we don't have staff when we knew five, six, seven years ago that we needed to recruit more people and we didn't put the systems in place to do that and we didn't put the systems in place to protect our children while we were going through that early crisis. And Niall, let's assume for a moment that it, it's not a consequence of, of uncaring people leading an organisation. Mm-hmm. Why then do you suspect there has been that level of neglect? I think what, what happens is that one of the things is that in the political system, it's very difficult to get commitment more than one year ahead of time. So the budgets are always 12 months, and there's no need for that. Politically, there's no need for that. So that, that hampers forward planning. And, you know, internationally, we have gone, governments have gone away from that, where they make long-term three-year plans and fund it and promote it uh, within the system. So that's one way that it hasn't happened. Secondly, there's no shortage of good people wanting to do the right thing. But you need political will and strong leadership to break down some of the silos that have that have developed and people who want to keep the system as it is. And then the third piece is that as we det- allow the system to deteriorate, it becomes harder and less attractive for people to come in to work in. And that then becomes a vicious circle and a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I've been criticised for being critical of the system because they say that will make it harder for to get staff in. But in reality, the staff who look at the system know what it's like and know whether they want to come in or not. And the people that are there are very dedicated and very professional, but they're not being supported by the, the political masters and by the, the higher level of the, the HSE and the government to change in a way that's needed for our children. Well, one of the other issues that you raise in, in this letter as well, and I know you've raised it before, you and I have spoken about it before, is when it comes mm-hmm. to these services as well, I mean, the state forces these children to play this geographical lottery. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's that's really, really um, the ultimate uh, discrimination against children is the fact that wherever they're born can be good or bad for their health. And that's not the way it should be. Again, we should be, we should be fighting to get equality across all the geographical areas of Ireland. And again, it's a, it's a factor of luck 
literally even within the mental health service you can see the the highest level of funding is in the west because that's where there used to be the most number of psychiatric hospitals the budgets are allocated in that way and haven't changed in 40 years so those sort of that sort of thinking that sort of way of keeping things the way they were is not the way we should be doing it so we need brave thinking and again the mental health commission's report two weeks ago talked about a huge need for systemic change in a, in a way that's absolutely um, groundbreaking. And that's what we need to do. We need to rethink it. We need to change it completely in a way that is led by the children's needs and create the system. Because if once you create a system that's children-led, it'll be much, much better to work in and much more enjoyable and productive to work in for um, the people who are professionals in it. And listen, maybe this is kind of either naive or a triumph of, of hope over experience. But on some level... like taking a glass half full view of it I mean at least the geographical lottery element of it it shows that the the problem is not entirely intractable you know there are areas of the country where where actually the service if not working brilliantly at least works adequately Absolutely and I think that's a piece we do have to build on I think you're 100% right here and we have to take a look at where the work has been done very very well and again within the the Mental Health uh, Commission's report they talked about an area, a CHO area, a community health organisation area that had three teams. One of the teams, they said, was doing an excellent job, a fantastic job. They only had about 60% of their staff, but they were still doing a brilliant job and they were finding ways to get things done and children were very happy in it. But the other two teams didn't know about it and did not want to know about how it was being done. So it's that sort of mm. way of we need to build a culture that looks at how do we keep improving how do we learn from each other and how do we get the people in the places that want to learn and want to change rather than want to keep the system as it is? Again, if you have individuals who are leading the system, which is what seemed to happen with the, the lack of governance across the CAMS, as highlighted by the Commission report, individuals were able to say, I'm not going to do it any way that, other than the way I'm doing it now. And the people at the top weren't able to change them and force them to change. And that's the sort of cultural change that's, that's needed for the, for the future. So what we do, I, I appreciate the point you made right at the outset that we need to move away kind of from just the, the, the budgetary approach, the annual budgetary mm. approach, but we do have a budget upcoming. I mean, what what yeah. would cause you to think that this government or the department or the HSE are, are taking this problem more seriously than they have been in the eight years you've been in the job? Well, I think you would start with the fact that, it, um, you know, again, what's really been difficult for me to hear over the last two weeks is, is the silence from the major leaders within the within the, the government. Uh, Minister Butler has come out and said the same things, that, you know, nothing new has come out as a result of the Mental Health Commission report, which was ultimately a very damning report. So the future for me would say to me that we have the HSE leading and saying we're going to try something new, we're going to need to invest in a different way, we're going to create, we have a uh, counselling and primary care system which is available for, for adults where GPs will refer a, an adult for counselling over 8-10 sessions if we did that for children if we had the same system in the same areas GPs could refer a child for, for counselling that would show innovation if we had new ways of looking at CAMS and, and access to CAMS that would show innovation if we had a funding stream which we knew was specifically for our children within the mental health service and isn't going to be hijacked by adults or any other area of the of the health service. Um, that would show a new way of thinking. And again, it's that sort of innovative response within the budget that says we're going to try something different here. We're not just going to try and bolster a failing system. We're going to try and create a new system over the next five years so that we can show some sort of hope and positivity for those children who are currently having their rights denied them.
Well, listen, to come back to the geographical uh, lottery element of all of this, mm. Violet Ann Wynne is, is with us. She's an independent TD in County Clare. Uh, Violet Ann, you're welcome to the show. Um, how often has this issue and these shortcomings, have they been raised with you at constituency level? Yeah, thanks for very much for having me on uh, to speak in relation to this issue specifically because it's an issue that's raised with me week in, week out. Um, and I've taken, I suppose, individual cases to the floor of the chamber just to get, I suppose, movement for those individual cases that were actually in severe distress. Um, but I suppose in, in Clarence specifically, we know that in March 2023, so in one month on nine occasions, no appointment was offered by a clinician due to the non-availability of a clinical room. On 18 occasions, an appointment was postponed for the same reason. And on seven occasions, shorter appointments were provided for the same reason. Um, so I suppose the lack of clinical space has been uh, a specific issue that's been raised with me concurrently. And I know that the latest figure show that there is um, a waiting list of 78 children and young people waiting to see CAMS in Clare. Uh, and then we also know then earlier on this year, the HSE Midwest um, CAMS report found that uh, 140 children and adolescents did not receive any follow-up care or appointments and were in effect forgotten about. So I've raised that specific issue, but I've also raised um, with Minister Butler specifically what I deem to be like a crisis facing the child and adolescent mental health services. Um, and in particular in care, because they have been dealing with uh, very poor accommodation where they find themselves um, having to share it with environmental health. And look, that's in no way connected, but it further restricted the clinical space that was available. Mm. Um, and staff were raising that issue with management since 2017, but only now um, in response to raising it on the, the doll chamber on a, numer- a number of occasions are we now starting to see movement, which is all obviously welcome, but I just think the, the number of years that you know the issue just went unacknowledged uh, and uh, was never addressed is is an example I suppose of the fact that management itself have not been respecting or uh, appreciating I suppose on the ground information that is important I mean for the whole of the county of Clare 4.5 uh, clinic space rooms is completely inappropriate mm. um, and inadequate you know it's, it's just not good enough so like they've come back now saying they're going to reconfigure the, the current site that they have and that's going to increase bookable rooms by four. Um, so it, it's welcome, but it's, it's not massive. Um, now, they have said that they're going to have another site out in Inishkeel, uh, but there are a, a number of vacancies that need to be filled within the, the staffing complement as well, which is another um, aspect to the issue. But I mean, if they're not able to listen to the staff that they have currently yeah. um, in, in an effort to retain those staff when they know that they're they're also facing recruitment and retention crisis, you know, is is also an example, I suppose, of them not listening. Uh, uh, Niall, I mean, Violet Ann on the, the, the floor of Leinster House is a captive audience to a degree. I mean, the, the government have to respond to a question. I mean, you said what you'd like to see, what would be indicative of, of the government and the HSE taking this seriously in the upcoming budget. I mean, how confident are you you might see that? Because we've been talking about the report for several weeks now, as of other radio shows as well. We're not kind of exclusively doing it. Uh, and we've heard for a huge amount from people, um, Families for Reform of CAMS in particular, that group yeah. um, we, we, we've been talking to. And we've been met with nothing but stony silence 
from the government benches. Yeah, the odd I, kind of I, holding statement. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's really um, a very very sad indictment of of the way they're, they're, the respect they're showing to this uh, service. And I think it, it really needs to change when they come back on, on into the Doyle. And from our point of view, I think we really need to see leadership from the top. Because again, uh, the, t- the Taoiseach is talking about creating uh, an Ireland where it's the best place in Europe for children to grow up. He's looking to create a child budget. So this is his opportunity to take it and say to the people who are leading the HSE and, and the departments, we need to work together to give, create something different and new. We're going to show that we are dedicated and clearly uh, pushing for children's rights in this situation. Mm. It, it, the time has come, and I think this, the stony silence is long past. Uh, it's time that that needs to stop, and we need to hear from Minister Donnelly, as particularly in this area. But also the, the Taoiseach needs to say, we're going to take leadership here and, and show that children are at the centre of our thinking for this budget. And, and Violet Ann, I know you mentioned the staff and, and lots of those families we talked to as well, they mentioned the staff and, and how above and beyond so many of them go once they actually get in and they get yeah. to see someone and they're in front of someone. Uh, but there's only so long people can be expected to work in conditions like that as well. And again, I, like not, I don't want to kind of uh, uh, paint a picture that, that kind of disincentivizes people to apply for open positions, but we've got to reflect reality. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's been relayed to me a lot of the difficulties that the staff have faced. Um, and I think, you know, they actually conducted their own internal survey anonymously so that they could get a, a good picture for what is being experienced by the clinicians themselves. Um, and what I found was that 94% were completely dissatisfied and morale was very low and that they wouldn't recommend a career um, in CAMS to any family members or friends. So it really shows the levels of dissatisfaction within the Clare CAMS team, um, for example. And just to say as well, when we're talking about what needs to be done um, you know this standardised uh, approach needs to be really uh, I suppose taken into account when it comes to the level of care uh, across and within CHO so that each child and young person has the same opportunity to access the most appropriate ev- evidence-based uh, treatment. We know that, for example, uh, currently Limerick Camps has more than twice as many rooms available for referrals as Clare, and that's even when the greater demands posed by Limerick's larger population is taken into consideration. And we know that finding space when they're conducting outreach appointments is a huge issue, so we also have to have the full team present. Um, and so we need access to 24-7 mental health care within our communities. Mm. And I do want to commend Dr. Finnity on her work and to support the recommendations of the report. We know that all 49 recommendations need to be implemented uh, as soon as possible. But in particular, I suppose the reinstatement of the post of National Director of Mental Health in the HSE to provide strategic overview Mm. is something that I discussed myself with the CEO of the the HSE in our most recent meeting. Um, And I know that you know, children and families should be able to access an urgent mental health assessment in times of crisis that is yeah. provided in well, a safe environment. That's another issue, I suppose, that's been raised um, yeah. to myself, I suppose, you know, well, when they're in distress. Well, we, 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 we don't want to leave the story here uh, on the show. So if people have been uh, impacted uh, or, or they have a view, I'd love to hear from them. Uh, 087-1400-106 is the WhatsApp number. But if you've got a longer story to tell, and you'd like to share it, you can even do it anonymously. The hard shoulder at newstalk.com is our email address. The hard shoulder at newstalk.com. Lionel Muldoon, Children's Ombudsman, Violet Ann Wynn, Independent TD for Clare. Thank you both very much uh, for joining me. 
The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.